Welcome or welcome back to the Big Rap Cookbook Podcast, a podcast where we explore the connection between food and hip-hop. And on this episode, we've got a super special guest because it's the first one that we've ever had outside of the UK or outside of the States. Uh, coming out of Norway, Mr. Ivan Av. Um, we got an insight to, to Norwegian cuisine, food on his travels, and also you get to hear the first time that hunting is spoken about without a vegan jumping in and telling him it is a vegan. So enjoy that bit. I'm proud of that one. Make sure you uh, subscribe, like, follow, hit us up on all the, the normal channels at Big Rap Cookbook. And yeah, we hope you enjoy it. Let's go. Yes, welcome back to the Big Rap Cookbook podcast. And we've got a super special guest on today, Ivan Av. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you guys? All good, man. All good. good. Thanks man. for joining yeah. us. Appreciate you coming through, man. Hey, it's, it's very mutual. Um, yeah, like we were saying before we started recording, it's, it's uh, all about connecting these days. For sure, man. Yeah, and we see that you've been riding high recently, man. You've got the, uh, that recent nomination that we're talking about. What was that? Is that the Norwegian Grammys you put? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I mean, so, um, you know, it's, it's almost become a joke for, for me and my friends to uh, equate it with the Grammy because obviously um, I'm, I'm a bigger fish in a way smaller pond over here. But, um, but that's not to take anything away from it. You know, it's still the, the oldest and the, and the biggest uh, award you can win in Norway. So Yeah, nice. Well, on, on the topic of food, man, we, we usually like to start just hearing a little bit about your experience of food growing up, man. What was that like mm. where you were at? Well, um, I'm from a family of four siblings, and uh, both parents, so um, we always had, you know, um, I'd say pretty practical dinners. I was like, uh, and being around the table, be it breakfast or or supper or whatever, um, that was a big part of growing up. So it's always been, you know, a, a, an important arena for like uh, becoming a social being for me and. Uh, um my mom definitely took care of most of the cooking but my my dad also did his part but my mom's like a i think and i guess we all do um i think she's a an amazing cook and i feel like most of my dishes that i take pride in now i learned from her or uh i guess i learned the approach from her whereas with my dad i might have some of his um pragmatism <laughs> when it comes to cooking so like uh the simplicity of of what i cook might be more inspired from what he made but um all in all i was super blessed we ate you know nutritious stuff most of most of the time and but also not like health freak uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the you know it was the 90s so that's why i call it practical big um, just big casseroles, big, um, servings just to get like all four kids fed and then move on yeah, to the course thing. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's a broad question, obviously, um, what I think about in terms of food growing up, but, um, I definitely feel like I was lucky to have a very non problematic relationship to food um yeah, and uh and I, I carry that with me you know 
Well, with uh, with with four siblings, I can't imagine there are many uh, many leftovers there, man. If that was in my house, you'd have to scrap to get eaten there. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And uh, we we also had a dog. Uh, um, our dog Gabby. If ever there were uh, leftovers, they would not, you know, sit in the fridge for long because Gabby would eat them. So, so yeah, there was. Um, I'm sure um, we weren't the cheapest bunch to keep fed, but um they they managed and um yeah uh norwegian cooking isn't it's not like super i mean the traditional dishes are not like super interesting to talk about maybe because it's uh i think if you speak to like uh someone from south america or asia or you know wherever they use spices um it's pretty bland on paper, but, um, you know, traditionally a lot of either fish or like lamb or uh, wildlife. Uh, and then it's, it, the way it's prepared is very simple, but it's all about the, um, what do you call it? The actual like raw Oh, the produce, uh, the produce, yeah, yeah the ingredients, yeah, right. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, you grew up outside of um, outside of Oslo, didn't you, man? In a bit more of a rural uh, situation out there. Yeah, uh, first ten years of my life, I was basically in in what you would definitely uh, see as very rural if you're from, you know, a city here or anywhere. Um, but um, Norway is a very spread out country uh there's like five and a half million people here and and there's a lot of space per capita uh so even in the little town that i started you know my life in uh we were about 400 to 500 people i would say but yeah. to us we didn't we didn't feel like we were in a tiny place you know because yeah. they are even more desolate spots you can grow up and um it, it was a community um i had you know all the friends i could ask for it wasn't like that uh out in the in middle of nowhere but it was definitely a small small town like you would call it a village by by uk or u.s standards um so yeah but a lot of good uh, wildlife and um and also like mountain trout fishing stuff like that oh, so wow, ooh, yeah. wow. Nice. yeah tell us a bit about the the concept of the um, this norwegian concept of the oh, the pronunciation is going to kill me man oh, wow. is that right oh i, I don't <laughs> think so because i don't know what that is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me give one more go bro <laughs> fry is it fry or free fry luftsliv maybe oh, oh okay i thought you were talking about <laughs> food but yeah so <laughs> it's uh i would pronounce it free okay um and uh <laughs> it literally means free air or open air living uh so it's a uh, it I, I would say it pretty much means the same as um uh, like the outdoors lifestyle yeah man it sounds like it's reflected in the food as well if there's like um yeah you know, if, the, if the focus is on on the produce and like you know kind of keeping things kind of simple uh in that right. respect as you said i think that's what it was from um i mean this is obviously going back pre 
the Industrial Revolution. Uh, and then when we had more of a working class, you know, factory workers and the cities got bigger, then it would be, um, that's why I said it's, it, it's glorified more in the sense of like the ruling capitalists would give their workers a week here and there to go into nature and like have that be the treat, you know, for the working <laughs> class, which is similar to most countries where you get this societal structure where um, you're given some time off um, in the year and then, uh, you know, just go, go out of the city to not feel as trapped and not feel as um, enslaved by <laughs> capitalism. <laughs> so, so that's that's yeah. where it's uh, evolved from in the last hundred years, probably. And obviously there's a lot of like commercial uh, forces driving it to to get you to buy all the gear and the cabins and whatnot. Yeah. But it's definitely you can't, you can't quite escape the capitalism there, can you, man? No, you no. Mean? I mean, you get yeah. away from it, but you still got to buy the cabin and your and exactly. your gear up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you're getting into building cabins these days, aren't you, Scotty? Fact, yeah, that's my next <laughs> oh, goal, isn't it? Shit. Yeah, I've basically tried building a pizza oven in my back garden. I fucked that up. So now, to, so now I'm just trying to move away from mortgage life and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Move out to right, move out to right. country somewhere, build a little cabin, man. Strip it, strip it back, like you're saying. Do you know I mean? And I think it's funny to talk to you about that and say it as like a pastime almost. But I don't know if it's the same over here, over there. Sorry, but it feels like over here, it's mm. almost going that way where people want to go back to that kind of lifestyle. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, you know, I think we're hunter gatherers at our core. And uh, I actually, uh, I've been pondering, and this is this might get too deep for me to even understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying, but uh, there's this idea that you know our longing for another, for a different life, um, you know, like how you sometimes picture yourself just living a totally different life because you're tired of your own. Mm -hmm. uh, I read somewhere, I don't remember who, whose quote this was. I'm sorry about that. But the idea was that we kind of take that for granted as a part of human nature, that we've always had that longing for a different mm -hmm. life. But this quote was suggest, uh, suggesting that it's actually a symptom of our, our, uh, a modern industrialized society where we all have these like, very specialized jobs and we don't... Yeah we don't engage with nature enough. We don't spend enough time outdoors. So you get this like longing for a different life because the one we're living now isn't natural. Whereas, um, yeah, of people of, you know, times, um, before this one, they maybe didn't long for another, uh, a different life because they were living just, a life <laughs> that yeah, yeah. They, didn't, they didn't know any better, man. They didn't know what was beyond. Yeah. yeah, true. Like, yeah. yeah. True. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I, I just think it's interesting to think of like what is really hardwired into us as like these uh, natural ideas and longings and, 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 and which ones are not but are just um, shaped by our current times, you know. But that's yeah, probably definitely. a different podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, that's, that's interesting, man. Yeah, it's got me Spiritual Awakening that. podcast next, man. <laughs> yeah. <That's> like... <laughs> yeah, imagine if you were a hunter-gatherer, man. You wouldn't have time to be uh, to be daydreaming. You know, you've got, oh, I've got to go and get some berries now. I've got to go and cook the, get the old <laughs> fire on, you know. You ain't got time yeah. to be uh, 
to be lusting after a, a different but life, what's, have you, man? But what's great, though, is they also cared about music and they also cared about food. So, like, those are timeless. Those mm-hmm. are two literally, like, timeless um, fascinations to the cool, species, man. I think. Yeah. But that, that's the community, isn't it? And that's what we were talking about before we came on air as such is about the the humans need for social interaction and back then it was probably around the dinner table or like yeah. say playing music so that's probably where that comes comes from um yeah, but yeah taking it back to, to 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 the more obvious food link what what are some of your favorite norwegian specialties then we've kind of mentioned a few things to eat there are there any particular favorites yeah um i i don't cook too much fish myself but when it's when it's done well uh that's definitely one of my favorite um categories is like (laughs) either fried or even boiled or oven baked um big like uh what's it called like you call that a a a fillet i mean fish fillet is like a (laughs) thing (laughs) but uh just just a big chunk of like uh, yeah, like a fillet. Yeah, yeah. When we say yeah, yeah, yeah. fillet in the UK, yeah, man, definitely. Okay. Yeah. What about any? Do they eat much? Um, much cured, cured fish and like herring and yeah. stuff like that. Traditionally, that's a big thing, especially up north. Um, so the Vikings even would trade with the Portuguese. That's why um, the Portuguese have this amazing fish dish. It's oh bacalao. So yeah, it's that's it. That that's one. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one apparently comes from their ties to like uh scandinavian um traders yeah i did read that yeah Yeah, are you gonna say the bar you wrote about uh bacalao score now i wrote a bacalao bar in it yeah oh my god okay let's hear this is the podcast come on i can't remember how the set off is man um uh they say was it um yeah salted cod yeah, 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 yeah. So it goes, it goes, getting awkward, Scott. The game needs me. I carry as much as my back allow like a salted cod. Come on. Oh Come on. Okay, He's that's... not just a podcaster, is he? Come on. <laughs> that's the, it's a good bar if if you um, share the cultural knowledge. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. It's no, over their heads. heads. It's over their heads. <laughs> over their heads, man. Yeah. It's not a big L bar, per se. But yeah. it's <laughs> they're not the colonial to... Portuguese bars just yet, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got we got a direct to put a disclaimer afterwards, direct them to this podcast episode in a full exclamation of the uh, the background of Bacalao and yeah, makes yeah there's sense. there's some research. Link the, the Wikipedia page or <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what's the uh, yeah, what's some of your other favorite Norwegian specialties, man? We keep we keep interrupting you, sorry. Yeah, no, um uh I, I don't know how everyone would feel about like wildlife, but I really think meat that lives in a forest tastes the best, you know? So like, um, you say moose or elk over there? Yeah, yeah, we already have them here, but yeah. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> we, we say it. Yeah. <laughs> the, words, <laughs> the words exist. Yeah. yeah. The words do exist. Yeah. 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 Elk. Or maybe like deer. Like deer, I guess, is probably the. Uh, they're different species, but I was actually going to bring up deer too. Um, so, so deer, like forest deer, not reindeer, uh, which is also tasty, but um, 
they're, they don't live in the forest. They live up in the mountains. So it's, it's a little, it's almost too lean. There's very little fat on reindeer, but moose and, and deer, I just think have such a deep taste. Like you don't, again, going back to like basic, uh, basic cooking. Like if the meat is good, you need very little else. And uh, my buddy Almush, his sister uh, and and her husband, they run this like big deer farm where they, uh, um, what's it called when you like have them make babies and yeah, multiply like them. A breed. Yeah, yeah, they breed them, but they also live pretty much in the open. I mean, there has to be fences somewhere, I guess, but it's huge. So Sick. I've. Uh, through my buddy Anish, I've had a lot of good deer meat uh, in the last couple <laughs> of years. And also, coming from Telemark, we know people who go hunting, and hunting's a big thing in my my family. So I would say moose and elk are probably my favorite meats. Um, and then, you know, you can have the larger converse, conversation about the ethics of hunting, but then you could always bring up the ethics of industrially um, breeding farm animals. So to me, I I think that's uh, just from a taste point of view, I feel that it's my favorite meat, but also I feel better about eating an animal that has lived a real animal life. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and even though, you know, it's a bummer that I had to have it killed to eat it, but that's kind of what you do with meat, I guess. That's what you do, man. That's what you do. Yeah, you must. You can't be short of iron, man. With all that, like, all that <laughs> oh, yeah. meat, man. I was actually pretty rare that I eat meat, um, which we'll probably get into when we talk about my recipe. But I don't eat meat every day, and and so these are like luxurious uh, events to me. Um, but yeah, I I think I think I have enough iron. I don't know. <laughs> 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 oh man yeah uh, imagine if we do the, imagine if we go out to oslo do the shoot man and we can get out and do some hunting man that would be amazing i'd love that i'd be a dream yeah i mean i don't i don't know how to do it and i don't know if i I'd be <laughs> able to to put down an animal like that but um you know i think if you do it with a great amount of uh respect for the animal and there are way worse ways of producing meat. So um, yeah, hopefully yeah, cool, one day man. I'll. I, I've actually been wanting to go out with um, a group of hunters just to, because it, it just sounds thrilling. You know, you you track an animal for days, and and you got to be like that's really connecting with the hunter gatherer in you. So yeah, I'm fascinated with it, but I haven't been yet. Yeah, of course, and like like you say, man, it's you know it's the whole thing about when they talk about an animal dying for food, it's, you know, it's more about how they lived than, than how they died almost. I mean, like you're saying, you, if, if they've lived a good life and stuff like that, then, you know, the ethics aside, man, you could, you can argue that case. And, and like you say there, a lot of, a lot of people, I think share your thought as well, where meat now is becoming less of a regular thing where it's on the table every day, but more of right. a, you know, an, occasion, an occasional piece. But how, how do you typically like prepare like the elk or moose or, or deer or whatever it is you're having over there? Oh man, this is where we're gonna run into the problem of me not really uh, cooking it much. But uh, 
But um, I think with uh, deer, it's mainly about just using the right fats, like just good butter and and either obviously cooking it in a pan or uh, somehow dressing it and keeping it moist in an oven. And then, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like how I feel about music where if you find the right, uh, if you find a core of something, it's almost like the less you do, the better it'll come out. Yeah. But, but you still got to refine it somehow. And so the, the two or three things that you do to it have to be very thought through and yeah. uh, based on, on like, uh, yeah, just some, some knowledge and some good choices. So, um, yeah, but for, for cooking it, I, I really couldn't help you out. Cause I'm only <laughs> a lucky guy who's been, you know, I've had it served a lot. Nails, trying to tell you what I've seen. Walking the ceilings of these rooms full of one-eyed kings. She in the corner, mad fly like a bucket of wings. I'ma keep it loose and keep it moving. Fuck did you think? Now you see me, now you don't. I've been walking in and out these doors like Houdini and some Adidas step on the scene like. Well, let's go and talk a bit about um, your experience outside of Norway, man. Is there any um, any cuisines that you enjoy uh, from, from the rest of Europe or, or the rest of the world? Yeah. I mean, mostly my favorite food is from other places in Europe. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really, I love the Vietnamese kitchen. Mm. I think yeah, they're definitely in my top three. Um, I have a Vietnamese Norwegian buddy. His name is Kim, and he he's an amazing cook. Um, he's learned a lot from his dad, and like he'll also go into like more fusiony uh, territory where he mixes, you know, uh, that tradition with others. And so on my travels, you know how like when you get picked up at the airport if you're on tour or whatever. Uh, me and uh, another buddy, Ringo. We actually had a an inside joke on a tour where we would bet if the promoter picking us up would ask us if we like Asian food, just because that's usually <laughs> what they ask. And uh, is that is that is that mine sign? Yeah, 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 yeah. Bingo, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And um, and yeah, I mean, we love Asian, and it's also a big question. It's like, do you like European sports? <laughs> you know, like. It's, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so Vietnamese, I will, I will also add that I love Thai food and like good, I mean, any, any tradition from Asia is, is up there for me. But I think the Vietnamese kitchen is the one I've been lucky enough to like get to know the most. So um, yeah, yeah, Vietnamese food is yeah, great. Nice. And uh, other than that, um, I've, I'm into uh, Middle Eastern cuisines um so like northern african stuff and the more like arabic traditions i'd probably put that also in my top three but i i, I realized i'm like making very broad blanket statements yeah. <laughs> dozens of countries and histories but um i mean spoken like a true european i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot of people have said i think when we ask that question the mo two most popular answers nowadays is vietnamese and ethiopian probably oh ethiopian like, is great yeah. yeah 
incredible man what what about yourself for you uh your lyrics suggest that you know your way around the kitchen a little bit man do you do uh do you you, you touched on this earlier do you do a lot of cooking yourself or, or what's kind of like a typical daily diet like for yourself nowadays see that's where um i think i've weaned towards my dad's very very practical cooking <laughs> uh because just because my life isn't uh, where i live right now my kitchen is tiny so it's not easy to really throw down in there because I can like barely move and yeah. there's not enough space to like have four different um, pans, you know, in the mix. So I tend to keep it pretty basic in my daily life. I do a lot of, first of all, I, I eat, eat a lot of just raw oats and I, that might sound like depressing to a lot of people, but... <laughs> I grew up with um, just oats in a bowl with like some kind of dairy product to obviously uh, have it soak in that and just eat it raw. So it's kind of like porridge, but cold. Uh, so that's my main, that's actually the lifeline of my diet. That's usually what I start my day off with. And then my other staple is eggs in any shape or form. I just love eggs. And they are, I think, more nutritious than most people um, might be aware of because they have, like, every vitamin except for vitamin C, I think, and obviously a lot of proteins and good fats. And yeah, so I love eggs. So I'll uh, whip up an omelet or just, like, fry them. Or um, I also make banana pancakes with oats and eggs. So wow. that might be <laughs> that's uh, gotta be a treat day for you, man. That's <laughs> um, so yeah, a, a breakfast on a Sunday where I have you know a lot of time on my hands, I, I'd probably go with the banana pancakes, and then on top of that, um, you could do so so many different like toppings on them. So one is just a good cheese that you like. Um, either chop up or just do little strips of and then maybe some honey on on that and some hazelnuts or you could go like the berry and fruit route so yeah that's a good breakfast and then for for dinner um uh, my friends make fun of me for being a soup soup guy because I, I just love making soups yeah, yeah nice. man, you just sent us over the, the the recipe for tomato soup, man. That's a nostalgic one for me, man. I remember just having usually just out of the can when I was younger with a little cheap slice right. of white bread. Like that's what I remember tomato soup as, man. But your recipe looks banging. I have to try that, man. It's it's good, man. I made it today, uh, and uh, <laughs> I have to say it's it's it bangs pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, nice. But I'm sure, like on paper. Um, People seeing that, like I'm on a fucking cooking podcast and, and I'm <laughs> a, a tomato soup recipe. That's like the most yeah. basic shit. But it's uh, I, I, the whole point is I also grew up with it off uh, the can or from like uh, whatever powder they were selling in the '90s that you would like yeah. blend with water. Yeah, but yeah. now from scratch, it's like you you can tell that that's how it's supposed to be made. And it's, it's, it goes back to my point about like simplicity and yeah. the richness of doing something very basic 
at a high level, you know, not to say, I, yeah, definitely not to say I'm in the elite of tomato soup, <laughs> but it's very basic, but you just, you, uh, you spend time on it and put love into it. And like, I, I've even made my little tweaks here and there. And yeah, so, uh, soups are great like that because they're so simple in one way, but you could also develop them, you know? Yeah, of course. Oh, there's nothing better than a good soup on a cold day, man. I, you, I eat soup every day for lunch as well, man. I'm a soup man. Yeah. Yeah, you're, that's what's up. Your cold days are probably a little bit more brisker <laughs> than ours as well, Jamie. I remember being in Iceland, man. They had a they had like a tomato factory there. And their whole thing was like the world's best tomato soup. You got all mad skeptical, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> trying, to pr- trying to prove them wrong. And then they hit you with that. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, it was good. Yeah, it was great, man. And it's all done because obviously they can't... I don't know if it's similar in parts of Norway, but they obviously can't grow too much there, man, because of the right. climate. It's a lot of, so it's all, a lot of yeah, greenhouses. It's, yeah, it was incredible, man. Like, and oh, that's all they done was just soup. And then they had a restaurant in there. Uh, too expensive for me, man. I'll tell you that. I, went, I, yeah. just, I just went for the free soup. But, uh, <laughs> it's Bitcoin's like, ain't uh, matured yet. <laughs> <laughs> but they... Um, yeah, they just done everything based around tomatoes. It was, yeah, incredible, man yeah i mean tomatoes are actually a big big thing here too especially like i said on the west coast where my mom's from there's a lot of greenhouses and it's seen here as like a big uh um sign of quality that it's grown in norway but i don't know how much of that is just uh politics you know but yeah um, but yeah i feel like uh the produce for soups are great locally and obviously again if we're thinking about the environment and stuff, it's good to make something that hasn't, uh, out of stuff that has, hasn't traveled too far. Um, yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Yeah, man, not the, first, not the first guest to uh, express a penchant for soups, man. Our stick, <laughs> stick right. man of dead prayers was the, was the <laughs> other one. Oh. Yeah, man, he likes a mushroom soup. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I love mushroom sense. soup. Yeah, man, let's get into talking about um, some of your bars as well, Ivan, man, because, you know, that's obviously one of the reasons that we've uh, got you on the podcast, man. Lots right. of uh, food references uh, throughout your lyrics, man. Uh, yeah. Is that something that you actively try to get in there when you're writing, or is it just something that happens more naturally? Hmm. Damn. Um, that's a good question. I think the the food references are mostly just um part of a of a larger like method of mine which is to use references to very daily objects and like um just usual normal shit that most people would relate to so my whole thing is because i think i'm I have definitely have Achilles, uh, an Achilles heel as a as a rapper, because I think I I tend to think through my verses a little too much sometimes. I think like we were mentioning Big L and and a lot of my favorite rappers through you know the history of, of rap. They don't seem they you don't hear them really having like rapped through and read through their verse a dozen times you know they just seem to be more visceral and like uh just shoot from the hip more and just be be on it in a in a more like just in a more direct way i guess whereas me 
uh, I've always needed those extra rounds of like editing and thinking stuff through. It might also have to do with uh, the fact that even though I, you know, I speak English well, I didn't grow up in America. I, I've spent a lot of time there. I have family there and stuff, but it's still my second language. So I, I still yeah. need that extra round of like, just making sure that this even makes sense. Uh, and, uh, and so I think what I was getting at is that uh, what I've learned is to, to find meaningful uh, lines in the immediacy of daily life. And um, some of that just happens to be food, you know, but I also have a lot of shoe references. Yeah. I also have yeah. a lot of, yeah, of uh, I don't know, like uh, public, public transport references, like whatever. <laughs> but food, yeah. obviously, food is the most universal thing, maybe other than like, you know, oxygen or yeah. um, sex. So it's, uh, I think that's the reason that that's I, I tend to gravitate towards. Quarantine living. But food is a very, speaking of visceral, I mean, visceral experience has to do with the stomach, right? Because viscera means stomach in. It's Greek. So uh, anything that hits in your stomach is, is just naturally felt. You don't have to intellectualize it. And so I think food is a great um, food metaphors work because we've all eaten <laughs> and we all like to eat <laughs> and we all get hungry or full or, you know. So, so yeah, I think it's just a very effective um uh, area of metaphors but it's it's not something that i'm too aware of when i write mm. it's just something that i hope will work with anything i do i just feel like oh this might work and then you know i leave yeah, it to definitely. others to kind of analyze what i do yeah, yeah man well, we definitely enjoy it man you know like i've been just been after listening to it like as you say man your whole back catalog is condensed into the space of a couple of weeks right <laughs> like, i've been like you know just these certain things get stuck in my head man i like, just i've just been Walking around the house, obviously lockdown is semi a bit insane. I've just been screaming stuff like, I'm mad. No, she's in the corner, mad fly like a bucket of wings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that yeah. bar, man. Such great imagery there, you know. I can really picture that, man. You know? uh, I like them when they're, uh, I like bars that just almost make sense, you know? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. I said, uh, leave something to the imagination a little bit, and then I'm solving it, man. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it's also just a funny, it's funny to hear a poet like kind of half, half miss uh, or, or, or like not be like too, um, what's the word? I, I think it's funny with lyrics that are like clearly an attempt at being a lyric. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, try to, I try to always leave room for that in my own verses. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure, man. I always used to like the um one of my favorite tracks of yours is Running Shoes, man. Mm. The Tartar Beast spot, man. Okay. I always like that one. 
Oh, which one? Lacing up some tartar Lace, beef. Lacing up some tartar oh, beef. Yeah, man. yeah. yeah, yeah that's rare. a heavy one. Now it jumps out. Because I've only ever had that once, isn't it? When we were in Warsaw, right, man. Same. I was you fatty in Warsaw, so it's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lacing up some tartar yeah, beef. Yeah, sick, man. I love that's that. Heavy. From the bottom of my feet, I'm feeling proud and free. Shut up, ignoring how it feels, and now I'm walking on a cloud like a Leah, sporing rare shit. Lacing up some tartar beef. I'm stopping the clock. I ain't ready to read. R.I.P. Steve, you know. My finish line. I think actually the oldest food bar that people still, um, you know, tell me about hearing or that they liked it is this line that I had about Fabergé eggs, which yeah. technically isn't food, but it's something about like Fabergé egg omelets. Yeah, um, man. I think that was I maybe on on the very low, maybe. Can't no, remember. this is this is like old. This is from something with Fred Fades. I think it's from a oh, song okay. called Breathe. Yeah. Oh, okay, I have Sick. to check that again, yeah. man. Yeah, there's so many. I just like I had to stop writing them down after a while. <laughs> 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 I've got too many. Man. But that's, yeah, that's nice to hear. There's other people in the world looking out for food lyrics like us. Do you know what I mean not that we, it's nice to know that yeah, we're bro. not just like a couple of weirdos in in, <laughs> in, in our own little corner. Your podcast has a big, a big market. Yeah, have you got any other any favorite food bars yourself from from other artists at all? Yeah, um, there's one by Lil Wayne actually that I love, uh, where he goes, he says, "Real G's move in silence like lasagna," <laughs> and that yeah, one man. always been a favorite. It's so silly and it's like, it, but it's also very gangster and it's just yeah, he's just combining a lot of sentiments. And yeah, into that, so, like it's a dumb little bar, but I love it. That's um the same um, one that Odyssey picked out, actually. Yeah, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You said it without he any hesitation. He's like, bang, straight away, little way. <laughs> Shoot, and I should, I should try and think of another one then. That's <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no, so we don't want to put you through the stress of that. Yeah, I, I guess I would just want to mention that the mm food project by by doom too just the whole yeah conceptualization of that record is brilliant to me where he um do you guys know that he used to he had some shows this is probably like 15 years ago where he would have a concert and you had to bring canned food to get in no, i did not know that man well and uh the canned food would go to homeless people or, or you know, people experiencing homelessness oh, wow. or, or living in shelters and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I just think, Damn. like, I love projects that are built around a concept like that. And then you go and do, like, instead of it just being the artwork or whatever that has to do with uh, your imagery, you also go ahead and, and work with the concept and, and how you release the project or how you play yeah, your shows. Definitely. That's always inspiring to see so um but yeah food bars damn i think i would have to get back to you you put me on the spot yeah it's yeah, a difficult that's... one i always feel guilty when we just ask that without preempting it because if yeah. someone asked me that it's like you, it's, it's you know loads and it just to pluck one out johnny is is a tricky one to do yeah, man. so yeah we've they always they pop up in 10 minutes yeah yeah <laughs> you give us a call after this <laughs> Guys, I got one. I got one. <laughs> yeah, another thing I wanted to ask you about, man, was because um, I think there's a great little cut on uh, on the Every Eye uh, album where I think it's just before, yeah, it's just before Steaming, 
where there's like there's a is it there's a there's a TV chef there, and it's just a cut about how you got you got to let it steam. You got to let it steam. Like yeah. I love that man. This I wondered is, if you had any other favorite this, TV chefs or if if those kind of like little little cuts are something you look out for, man. Yeah, um, I would go ahead and say that he's my because I don't know any other TV chef except for like Jamie Oliver or whatever, but. Uh, <laughs> that guy is, uh, I think, a legend in New Orleans. He's like, uh, he's a it's an old white guy who just he cooks rice on TV. Like it's the most um, obscure thing I found while looking for little snippets for that record. And I just loved how passionate he was about like steaming rice, yeah. and uh, and it fit well with the with the songs steaming. So, um, but yeah, TV chefs in general, I don't really know any, I don't watch TV. Yeah, it's Justin, Justin Wilson, isn't it? That guy's name, the, the New Orleans one. Right. Yeah, I need to, I need to look okay. at, I need to get into more of his stuff, man. Cause it seems like, seems, uh, he seems like a character. He's fun. Oh yeah. Yeah, see, I just Google sure. him, man. He looks, he looks like someone's granddad, isn't it? I've never seen him before, but he looks like just someone's granddad. You Familiar would, you face. Yeah, 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 exactly. I like how you say that he's just real passionate about just steaming rice, like something so simple. It kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier with, you know, keeping keeping things simple, but good quality, man. It's a nice little yeah. loop around there. That's it. That's yeah, it. sick, man. Well, I think that's pretty much all, all we've got got in store for you today man so uh yeah man we really appreciate you coming on with that man. it's been great to speak to you first uh first non-uk or, or non-american guest so hey doing, that's cool but that, uh, that with your grammy man on your yeah. piece. <laughs> <laughs> well, i have to win it first we'll see how that goes uh, yeah good luck with that man thank you guys and good luck with uh doing this man uh i'm gonna have to to check out your back catalogs a little more too because uh it's it's a brilliant concept because there really are so many parallels, you know, between cooking and, and making music. So I appreciate you inviting me and, and letting me babble on, man. Yeah, oh, man, nice. it's, been, it's been a pleasure to have you, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Likewise. Please, please do check them out, man. It'd be nice to have a listener for a minute, John. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was Ivan Av on a Big Rap Cookbook podcast. Definitely someone we've wanted to talk to for a long time, find out a bit about the method behind his writing. If you haven't checked him out, man, go check out his music because he's got plenty of good food references in there and just general laid-back vibes, as you can hear from the man himself. So, yeah, it's amazing to hear about the way he's grown up and what's inspired him. So thanks so much to Ivan for coming through. And thanks to you guys for listening in. As always, let us know if there's any rappers you'd like to hear from any corner of the world always keen to hear your suggestions so yeah go follow on spotify or whatever your uh, channel might be yeah stay locked for the next one bon appetit